Chunky Coyote is fortunate enough to be recorded on what is colonially known as Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The original lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Anishinaabe, the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, and the Huron-Wendat, and founded on the Dish with One Spoon Treaty. We do not support colonial forces that seek to further traumatize and erase the original caretakers of this land. To learn what land you're on, go to native-land.ca. Hi lovers, welcome to Chunky Coyote, the couple's podcast, but not. I'm Caroline and I love kissing people. I'm Sierra and I'm super jealous. Hi, my name is Marissa and I talk about love relationships and astrology far too much. (laughs) My name is Tyler and I feel like a big cup of soup. the podcast hey hey Mm-mm-mm-mm. hey hey it's another guest episode yeah uh so we have tyler and marissa are your favorite couple and best friends of all forever <laughs> we've also talked about you on the show like oh my gosh we talk often about you reference you a lot yeah we do we do before we get into it who the heck are you and why are you here <laughs> um well tyler has the first connection with you all and then um, I can jump on from there. Yeah, so my connection is that um, I went to Sheridan College with both Caroline and Cece, and we were in the music theater program there. Um, and that's how I met you too. Uh, and we, uh, Caroline and I spent a summer together, which was like really fun hanging out in Oakville. And mm-hmm. like, we got really close there. And yeah. And you we- shared a stage kiss with Sierra. Yeah, we did. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> and I loved watching it every time <laughs> and Marissa you obviously Marissa also went to Sheridan with us but was the year above year above yeah us. yeah so and that's I, where Marissa and I met yeah I, well. I I always think like I have met so many people through Tyler and like that's my connection but I'm like we went to the same we went to school, same school. Together. yeah all there. and like I knew you and was kind of friends with you guys before yeah I even started dating Tyler yeah oh my yeah. gosh we all have like at this point we've known each other so long that like we have like, all of our yeah. own relationships like it's beautiful yeah I know. in whatever way yeah it's yeah. so fun <laughs> so we yeah so we both are like um performers as well and we uh, except not right now because <laughs> but no I'm um, I'm just like reading and studying up and taking courses on becoming a relationship coach which is kind of like a long journey um mm-hmm. I I have a hard time just like taking a course and saying hey I'm a coach now like I don't know how yep. to do that mm-hmm. so because you're just- certified now aren't you well, technically, but like, it depends on who you ask, what, like what certified even means. Like, what the I heck don't e- does that, what? That is yeah, like, cause, cause there's like certification programs that you have to go through where some people respect those more than like, if I just took a course for like $300 and I got a certification. So I think it's like one of those things that it isn't an organized um, profession. There's no, um, there's a certain word for it, but there's no like Union? actual, yeah, there's no union. There's nothing that you have to actually do to, you could just wake up one day and say, I'm a relationship coach. Yeah. And then people can either respect you or not, but that's pretty much it. And I can only respect myself if I have like a couple courses under my belt and I'm reading all the books that I feel like I need to read, but that's kind of my journey right now. And I'm also um, currently kind of focusing more on astrology and um, I want to start doing astrology readings and stuff like that. So that's kind of, I'm taking a big course right now for that. Yeah. So fun. And Mm -hmm. right now, like during COVID, I'm also just like working on a bunch of um, yoga practices. I'm like really diving into, uh, into that and my mindfulness practices. And um, I'm also, I've been working on a lot of choreography because that is like yes, a big you thing are. that yes, I you are. am into. <laughs> and yes. um, really just finding my voice through my movement and finding, um, uh, I don't know, like I'm really focused on the way that movement can heal. And like, um, I don't know, we can maybe talk about this later, but my dad passed away this year. So yeah. like that it's been a big journey for me connecting to my body and connecting to the universe and connecting to him as well. So yeah, um, it's, that's been a beautiful journey for me. So mm-hmm. yeah. 
We're excited Yay. to be here, though. Yay. Talk about love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's so, talk about love. <laughs> I think, like, the cool thing about, like, your relationship, which has been, like, a huge uh, learning experience, strangely, for, like, also all of your friends who've, mm-hmm. like, been allowed to watch your relationship grow and, like, see your struggles as you two have, like, gotten closer and grown into the people that you want to be because obviously you both like do so much in so your life things. like we we could have brought in both of you on for like completely different topics you yeah, know yeah. um <laughs> uh and I'm, maybe we can talk about this a bit too because you've also already done a podcast kind of similarly talking about like polyamory and like uh how the like relationships exist in that form um And I think that's because, you know, I mean, I personally don't know that many people that are so open about that experience. And so when you meet people that allow you to witness and ask questions and like get a little curious, it's like so exciting because you feel like you're, um, you have an eye into people's like vulnerability and relationships in a way that you don't before. So that's like, I think why we're bringing you on is yeah. because polyamory is like a hot topic yeah mm-hmm. it is. it's like really popping its way into yeah, like totally um, the zeitgeist well right it's now. kind yeah. of the main reason why i'm and, T- and tyler always criticizes me for this and not Uh-oh. not as much anymore but it's that marissa why are you so open about mm. telling people about what happens <laughs> yeah. in our relationship or what happens yeah. In, in like my heart that uh, a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable talking about or yeah. Um, I, I feel very scared to even like open up about a lot of the stuff that I feel in my heart to be true for, for me. Um, and even just like telling Tyler originally, like how I felt about relationships and like what, what I feel like they have the potential to become, um, was really, really hard for me and Tyler, of course, but like the scariest moment, moment of my life was telling him, I don't know if monogamy is the only option. And I don't know if it's the only option for me mm-hmm. it's very controversial and I and I'm very proud of myself for being able to just like be open about it because because I know that it's not an open topic for the world yeah. so yeah. Um, I think that was like a big part of why you pushed to talk about it so much was because you we need to feel seen in this relationship and like also we know that there is a huge stigma around this stuff so we need to talk about it more and we have um, to be supported by a community as well who understands and isn't just ostracizing us for being different so i have to like i feel like i have to have the labor the emotional labor to like though it's not labor i don't feel like it's labor for me like i feel it's fun to kind of shock people and to just kind of like shake their worlds up and pop their bubbles because we all kind of need that. Yeah, (laughs) totally. I think talking about things is like so legitimizing. And I think in the ways that a lot of people in our community that like we've created, like in our friendship family, um, we know that like talking about something and getting to be understood is like so important that like the people that love us and like often are the people who are like protecting us and like you know, are going to move through life with us. It's like so important for us to um, feel like we are seen and understood and not have things uh, be like swept under the rug or anything like that. Mm. But I also think like in the ways that a lot of our generation is like existing, like our jobs are not traditional, quote unquote, traditional, like nothing about our lives is traditional. And so I think our generation has like a really strong reflex of needing to legitimize everything through like, getting it out there and talking about it as much as possible. I think that's why we like talk about astrology so much. And we talk about all of these things because you're Mm -hmm. like, if it goes unsaid, then people can, you know, fill in the blanks with all sorts of things that aren't real or not true. And then, you know, they can make things up that really like delegitimize the Mm -hmm. way that represent or misrepresent like the ways that we exist. And it's like so important to, I don't know, like be understood, be like understood that's the number and one be thing allowed. that all humans want in their life is yeah. just for the people that care about them to understand them. And yeah. it's like the, I think most of us, everyone spends their whole entire life until the D word continue to do that and search for that our whole entire lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, you never succeed, but you try the best that you can, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also just be, I think like making sure that people, I think we've all seen how possible it is to affect change just by being yourself. And like, 
if you like if one of us walks into a room and we're like super open and we're like oh yeah like well this and this and blah 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 like we just like have a conversation about something that people might have been scared to talk about or anything like that it then gives space to every other person in that room to then also be really open and feel safe doing that because they're like okay clearly this is something that's allowed here yeah I'm also thinking maybe we should take a hot step back and just ask you what is polyamory yeah (laughs) Maybe someone yeah. listening doesn't know. Yeah. We talk about this all the time and where we literally jump like to where Ten we ended off. <laughs> I know. know, right? Well, yeah. I will let the relationship coach take this one away. So. Oh, <laughs> LOL. LOL. Um, so I would define polyamory as being under the umbrella of non-monogamy. And there's different words that people say for non-monogamy. They say um, ethical non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy, Um, And these are the opposite of what we call cheating, which is non-consensual, non-ethical non-monogamy. And a healthy non-monogamy life would entail um, a very, very strong communicative nature in between people. And polyamory um, being under the umbrella just simply means many loves, poly, many amory loves. And so it just kind of means um, you can have multiple relationships in your life that mean different things but can include love romance and sexuality and whatever format you so choose as long as it's consensual um, which would also be ethical anything consensual I would say is also ethical so I think it's kind of um redundant (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but um under the same umbrella would be like open relationships swinging Um, These are all things that are done consensually. Um, And I would say me and Tyler are kind of balancing between uh, polyamory and like non-monogamy. I would just say non-monogamy. Just so everyone knows, they all, they both started wiggling their bodies. (laughs) We're just kind of like going in between. We're we're trying to figure out like what these labels mean for us because like labels in general, I'm kind of, I don't really know how to figure out labels for myself because I'm I'm just kind of always a process and a, and a we're journey learning. yeah, yeah. We're, we're learning and growing as a couple together and it's constantly evolving and I think that's one of the main things about like consensual non-monogamy is that there has to be a continuous dialogue and you have to um, involve change in your life which yeah. is yeah. a big struggle for people so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. not only like change but um acceptance um mm-hmm. like radical acceptance radical forgiveness radical love like it's hard it's yeah. it's not an easy task it's like really putting um the love to the test sure. um in yeah. in and kind of throwing a lot of curveballs um everywhere and not not knowing and and my kind of idea was just kind of to put it into practice as soon as possible so we can learn as soon as possible mm. because there's so much you can do only just theorizing and philosophizing. Mm. Um, but when it comes down to it, what's what's actually going to happen if I flirt with someone else and yeah. how is he going to feel about it? And then we have to deal with all of the, the crumbles. Um, <laughs> which, the that is like such a good lead into one of the questions that we got on our Instagram. So someone wrote, I want to try because I think it's natural, but I would really struggle with jealousy. Mm-hmm. It's not really a question, but it's like, <laughs> you're like, I want to do this thing. I'm craving this thing in my life, but mm-hmm. my biggest fear is that I'm going to be really jealous. And I think a lot of people, when they hear about polyamory or um, ethical non-monogamy, they're like, oh, these people are like, like never, get never jealous. jealous <laughs> and they're so oh, open and free. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why it works is because there's like none no. of that like attachment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can... Uh, pass it off to Tyler. Yeah, well, we can say that like (laughs) jealousy, like you're going to feel jealousy in so many different aspects of your life and it doesn't stop you from doing half of the other things that you want to do. So um, I would say, I would say go out and do it and try. Um, (laughs) But you're never going to stop jealousy. It will always exist. It's an emotion for a reason and we have it. Um, And it's more of a signal than it is um, an alarm to uh, rush out of the building. It's more, it's more of like, hey, something's going on here. Did you want to take a look at this? And it's a you problem most of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. there's a way yeah. to frame it and to perceive uh, emotions as something that will move through a flow rather than it just being something that will ruin your life and kill you in that moment. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, like I think that um, so many people struggle with emotions, period. Like, um, yeah. and so when it really requires almost like, um, again, like almost like a mindfulness practice where yeah. every time this emotion comes up, you have to stop yourself and say, okay, this emotion is arising. Let's mm -hmm. take a look at it. Where is yeah. this coming from? And it requires the biggest thing I think like, that I've been getting out of our relationship is like the self-work and the um, the looking inward uh, really has blown my mind because it, every time I feel jealous, that is a reflection of some insecurity of my own. Yeah. Um, and so I have to confront that and I have to, and, and in order to move through that because otherwise I would just lash out and be jealous and start doing things weirdly and start being uncomfortable and start speaking strange. Um, but like, I think that <laughs> if you take, if you take a step back, like, which we should all do when we are flushed with um, intense emotion yeah. um, is to do some self analyzing and to respond yeah. rather than to react. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to also say that a lot of um, jealousy comes from an idea of, well, of course, insecurity and fear are not the two number one. Yeah, yeah. They're the biggest things that cause yeah. jealousy. Mm -hmm. I think the only things and um, they come from a attachment struggle, right? Yeah. So like we as human beings aren't, we evolved in groups and that group made us feel secure. But now in our capitalist society, we are separated into small factions that is just like our blood relatives, which yeah. is like, well, that, and then you're maybe like one partner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? but, what, yeah. but in our society, like, especially us growing up, like we automatically have an anxiously attached um, style, no matter who you are. Like, it's, it's really a miracle if you come out of this thing alive with secure attachment. <laughs> it's true. Like, because, like, because the system is bred for you to, to have insecure attachments. Like, yeah. yeah. And it was an accident. I don't think anyone planned for us to all have anxious attachment, but it's just a reality. And we all are relying on this one person to fulfill us in all sorts of ways that a network of people used to. Mm. The thing that is also tricky, because I was thinking while you were talking about jealousy, the thing that's so tricky about jealousy, which is something that I definitely think that I struggle with, especially being an anxiously attached person and like being afraid of abandonment and all of that stuff, um, is like uh, what we're taught about jealousy, like the way that the the emotion of jealousy is painted is like, you know, the green eyed monster and there's a lot of shame and making you feel like yeah. if you feel mm -hmm. jealousy, then like you're less evolved or you're yes. like yeah, no. <laughs> less capable of like, I don't know, being yeah. a, like, you're just like not a good person if you feel jealousy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I still struggle with like trying to rewire that pathway about what jealousy is. Yeah. So it's like, you not only feel jealousy you also feel an intense amount of shame for feeling jealous because yeah. you're like I guess like I'm not an evolved person I'm yeah. actually just a bad person who doesn't have good yeah. uh like good intentions or doesn't really love the people in my life yeah. because I'm feeling jealous yeah where it's actually just like no you're allowed to be, be insecure and jealousy comes with that you just don't have to act upon yeah the initial feeling of yeah. jealousy, but that is so yeah. hard. And I was going to say too, to like, I feel like it's such a quick journey from, you know, feeling all that shame about feeling jealous and feeling like insecure and not wanting to like bring it up to getting to the place of like, you know, no, it is okay. It's like a natural, like people feel jealous. That is an emotion that we have. Mm -hmm. But then I think like the places where you could split is then going, no, jealousy to me, for some people, how they might rationalize it could be like, you made me feel jealous. Like yes. you mm -hmm. did a thing to me and this <laughs> is my boundaries or like my needs right now that aren't being met or that like I am not safe in this relationship, which could be true for like other behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it definitely does like get into this weird, messy, like mixy place where it's like, if I'm feeling jealous, it's because you made me unsafe yeah. versus like mm. the way you're talking about it is like taking that ownership over like your, your feelings, because there, there is like that balance consistently of mm -hmm. being like, is my partner respecting my boundaries and creating a safe space for me? And I'm I doing that for them as well. Mm -hmm. And when right. you can get to like that amount of a healthy relationship, then I think you are more prepared to deal with feelings like jealousy and insecurity in a way that you know that both people are taking a certain amount of ownership over 
what emotions come up for them. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge thing that a lot of people avoid is that like responsibility over behaviors and and emotions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly looking to place the blame on the person that isn't meeting the needs for you. Because we also don't have our own processes. Like if you don't have your own processes for processing those feelings, then it must like, it's either dismiss the feeling completely because it's not real I yeah. think a lot of the time the the response towards like jealousy or insecurity is like well just don't be that way or blame it on someone else because yeah. it like yeah. has to go some that energy has yes. to go somewhere yeah. and if you don't have proper processes to deal with it it's kind of like yeah well yeah so how and do also, you guys deal with it <laughs> I was gonna say also like we're given so many messages from media and like film and 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 novel literature anything mm-hmm. um that it's a natural feeling that um shouldn't that is kind of something that you should blame your partner for like so many mm-hmm. people are like you made me jealous you talked to this girl you messaged this person you like this person's photo and all these things and all the lines are being blurred to what cheating really is too yeah so it's it's such a struggle like what is modern day cheating um what is that? We're shown yeah. how people handle, handle yeah. jealousy and it's not well. Yeah. <laughs> no one's, no, no one's doing it well. No. So how are we supposed to know how to handle those difficult feelings? Yeah. And I think that something that helped me, um, was I remember, um, how do I word this? I remember feeling an extreme amount of jealousy one time when Marissa was, um, <laughs> having a soiree with someone and oh, um sorry. I, a soiree you mean hanging out with someone that yeah. had a crush on yes okay and um <laughs> I was feeling all types of jealousy but I remember like that like one day like waking up and like looking at the sky and being like you know what like if Marissa's flirting with someone else like the sky is not falling down. Like, I, like I will still survive. Um, and our relationship will also still survive. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I think that so many people let jealousy um, infiltrate and rule their choices in life. And I made a pact to myself early on. Um, and if and through reading more about um, polyamory and open relationships and all this stuff, like we can recommend some great books, but. Um, do. Yeah. When when reading some of these books like The Ethical Slut and um, Sex, Sex at, at Dawn, Dawn. Um, Esther yeah. Perel is also um, oh my queen. She's, she's the queen. She doesn't actually ever suggest open relationships <sighs> as a solution for re- relation problems, but she completely paints out the picture of why um, long term relationships suffer through monogamy unknowingly and and how romanticism has caused a lot of our expectations to be kind of ruined for us in our lives. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And so I was just going to say that, like, I, I, I made this pact to not let it like ruin, like rule my life so that when I feel jealousy, I'm going to sit back and tell Marissa, Hey, I'm feeling jealous about this certain thing. Um, I know that you've done nothing wrong and I know that um, I've done nothing wrong also. Um, but the feeling is here and it is hot and heavy and um, I'm not going to stop you from doing what you would like to do, but I just want you to know that this is how I'm feeling and we will find time to talk about this and work through this together. Yeah. And I think like people have so many ideas of what it looks like and like I, they probably think that we hook up all the time and especially (laughs) not during this time, but like in regular time, it's, it's actually just like way more chill than people think. Um, It's more of like a lifestyle in a sense that you're like, it's, it's a, it's an attitude. It's it's, a way about living your life. It's a perspective. Yeah. Free and open and relaxed and um, not judged and not shamed for your natural feelings that come up every single day when you're walking down the street and see beautiful people. Yeah, And we kind of have an idea, like we'll, we'll figure it out when the time comes for anything. I'm, I'm like, well, maybe we are polyamorous and we don't know yet. We don't know if like we can fully fall in love with someone and maintain two different relationships at the same time. We Mm -hmm. don't know that yet, but if that comes ever into our lives where a a person really infiltrates 
both of us or one of us. Um, yeah, and, I, and and this is interesting because you can talk more about like the different styles of like polyamory. Like there's like there's so kitchen many different table styles. polyamory where you have like everyone at the same table. Yeah, like where where and I think if we were to ever do something, it would have to be something more along those lines where we're both kind of involved, mm. um, and we both get to even if I wasn't like intimately involved with like um, someone who Marissa is seeing, then like we would still be able to have. Um, I would still want a relationship with that person. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And those are called metamors. So um, in, in like the poly language, there's so many different terms that are, it's like the same as like queer language that there's yeah. just adding on different terms constantly for understanding how relationships work. Yeah. But um, we're only just beginning to like, really, I think like, Chisel away. chisel away like we're really we're it's really new even still yeah. I feel like um, yeah there's a whole community out there that are actually doing it so much harder than we are so yeah. we're still kind of like peering in but we're doing non-monogamy all the time and you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna take back what I said it's not new it's been around since the beginning of history actually yeah right. um, absolutely but, <laughs> uh, but I do new for you maybe uh, new yeah new I think also in our western society um and totally. in our like Side the past, past 200 years is new I think people get really um wrapped up in like the nuances of like loving multiple people and all of that stuff or not not the nuance they get wrapped up in like their like broader ideas I think a lot of people would equate like um polyamory with like being very individualist and being very selfish and it's like right. oh like one of these people just like you know, can't just have one person, like they have to have many or like yeah. whatever. And I think what, like what I'm even like learning just in this conversation is that it's actually like deeply moving away from individualism and is yeah. more rooted in like community care yeah. and like understanding that actually you do have the responsibility to care for the well-being of your partner. And part of the well-being of your partner is like um, nurturing change and yes. like, nurturing Fluidity. the fact that yeah like that you don't um like own them or anything like that and really being like and then also honoring the fact that like just because I want to um go on a date with this like new person that I met um honoring the fact that yes I can go on that date but also I have to keep in the back of my mind that this will affect the person that I love and I can hold mm. both. Like I can still be like, yeah, I want to do that, but I'm not going to shame my partner for feeling a certain way about that or like having um, it bring up certain feelings or emotions. And I'm like, I'm going to hold you in this and I'm going to help you and work through that with you. But I'm also going to still do what I want to do yes. and being like having the needs of other human beings does not, uh, does not encumber you yeah in terms of like getting to live your life yeah independently yeah and in the way also... that like individualism and capitalism would have you see it yes right? like capitalism has caused us to be way more possessive of our yep. partners because mm. um we rely on them so for so much more and for totally. our self-worth like we have we're living in a society look around us of consumerism that makes us feel like we are kind of less than just like yep as a general rule, like all yes. of us feel like we <laughs> yeah. aren't enough. And, and you so better hold on tight to whatever you have. You like you and, and, that yeah. is and scarcity. Not share. That's like scarcity don't mindset. Don't share. Yeah. yeah. Right? So there like to be, yeah. that's why I, I think radical decolonization is kind of like polyamorous. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like, how do I be the most radical activist it can be? It's taking down every well, structure. Away from the European, like, marital structures and all yeah. that, right? Um, and, like, yeah. redefining what love means. Just, like, just like, what is romanticism? How is it affecting my life in a negative way? And by, by um, I guess, opening up our relationship, I really realized the value of um like platonic intimacy as well because I then realized oh my gosh I'm putting so much effort into this one relationship why am I not putting this much effort into my other relationships yeah because well that is um, the question of the podcast isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> I have I have so many deep 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 friendships and yeah. um I'm so grateful for that and mm -hmm. and these friendships isn't that polyamory it, yes <laughs> it is and so I, I think about this all the time. I'm like, it kind of like everyone's kind of polyamorous if you really want to think about it, because we are capable of loving more than one person. Mm -hmm.
People often, I think one thing that people that comes to mind when people think of open relationships or polyamory is they go, oh, that's kind of gross because think about like all the um, different people you're having sex yeah. with or like what what's going on there. And it's like, so, like actually that, yeah, that community though is probably 10 times more likely to be educated on safe um, sex, safe sex <laughs> yeah. Than, yeah. because they've had to go and put the work in, you know what I mean? And also um, that just like the act of sex is not like inherently dirty. No, like this whole no. concept. I mean, it's like, like I mean it's like there's a lot of like spit and saliva and stuff (laughs) and it can be um there are germs for yeah there's germs and bacteria but like there's Mm -hmm. that's with everything that you do yeah Yeah. but there's Um, like an inherent sex chain yeah like that the act of sex makes you morally morally filthy yeah and that by having sex with multiple people even if you are practicing safe sex there's still something like so dirty and filthy about it and Mm -hmm. you're like but you're like we're not even we're not even talking about sex no necessarily we can be it doesn't oh gosh no No. there are um actually so many asexual polyamorous people you would be shocked yeah Yeah. because i mean when you're like when you're asexual and you're like already tearing down these boundaries you're like wait relationships aren't looking the same for me love right so yeah let's talk about it yeah Yeah. it's it's like, it's the framing of what relationships look like. There also are people who are aromantic and don't feel romantic feelings. Like Mm. these people are exist in our lives. Like we know these people. And you know what? It's not a myth. (laughs) And because we don't talk about it, these people struggle going from relationship to relationship because they don't realize that they're maybe meant to be like, on their own path or doing something different. And also, also not to mention that like, even in Esther Pearl's book, mating in captivity. Um, she states like there are couples that come to her. She's a therapist, um, that come to her and say that their relationship and their intimacy is fantastic. They have an incredible romantic relationship, but they don't have sex anymore as like a long-term couple. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's such a thing is that monogamy also begets non-sexuality because, a lot of the time yeah. monogamy makes us so close that we are too close and and desire and sexuality thrives off separateness. Yeah. And not only mm. that, like, but do you start to lose um, not only a sense of your partnership and, uh, but you can also start to lose a sense of yourself. And that comes from like, literal like it's been studied that when you are not spending time around people who you are attracted to that like your testosterone levels lower and your testosterone is like a huge responsibility for um your sex drive your your sex drive but also your identity right and so um so like that's why a lot of people when they get into these really long-term relationships they go I don't feel like myself anymore or I feel like I'm like I've left myself I've left myself and then they 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 cheat and they, they go, feel alive. I feel alive again, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they finally, they finally, their body, like it's, it's in mm-hmm. science that we need, um, variety, flirtation, variety, um, uh, excitement. Like newness. We need yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We, we need newness. We thrive off of it. And, and that's not to say that everyone should be polyamorous or in open relationships no, or not. It's not for everyone, especially it's, in this world. It's not for everyone. Yeah. And, and there's so much trauma that causes people to, um, and you don't have to like no one has to do anything that's the <laughs> yeah. whole point yeah. of like that's the whole point of like feminism is that we can choose whatever we want to do but that still doesn't mean that we can't talk about how the structures that we're in are um not sustainable yeah 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 we can still um approve of everyone's personal choices but we also can still criticize and yeah. try to understand our ideas and that's yeah. what we encourage too is just that people find um what works for them. That's really, that's really the bottom line. Yeah. I have a question from the Instagram that kind of ties in when you're talking about like the couples therapists and like all of that stuff. So someone wrote, is this also not a question? I think this might come from experience. Um, it's, Ooh, um, they said most couples therapists absolutely, absolutely refuse to see people in poly relationships. So many Mm. people confuse polyamory with an open relationship. I would assume that so many people go into relationship therapy or coaching or marital counseling 
only have an education in monogamy. That's all they got. And you go there to avoid the polyamory. You know what I mean? It's like when people are slipping away, when people are cheating, when people are like- My marriage is crumbling because they're going elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they go to therapy to try and like force this like intense monogamy back onto each other. Yeah. 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 Because it's it's a sickness. Yeah. It's a sickness if you can't exist in your monogamous- relationship and that needs to be solved yeah yeah Yeah, and and I think I think it's just kind of um a a desperate need to hold on to a sense of security which Mm. is um I just read in this the mating in captivity book I'm just reading it right now but all these things are floating in my mind um but she describes like the process of how to even get into relationship in the first place and infatuation and how you are so separate when you first start dating someone. You are like yeah. separate entities. And be- it's so exciting because you are trying to be close and trying to find the connection. So mm. it's inherently there. You have the perfect harmony of trying to come together and also being apart. But once you are together for a long period of time, you should also seek to be separate because we we too often just rely on the security and the security of our relationship is great and all, but it's also not the passion and desire that we think our relationships will sustain forever because yeah. that's that closeness kind of, um, there's no bridge to walk on to the other person anymore. Yeah. Right. And I've yeah. been in a relationship where I have like shut out all my friends before mm-hmm. and been just so focused and like what someone called toxically like enthralled in this relationship. Um, and I put so much of my, my, who I was as a human being to the side as well. Mm. Um, and you like, I would just never want to go back to doing something like that after I have experienced what it's like to be with Marissa and like to have the freedom to uh, be an individual truly like uh, an individual first Yeah. Um, yeah. because Marissa would never want to like, of course we all change. I, we were talking about this the other day that that saying that like, I would never want you to change for me or like, and I get like <laughs> this like change for me, but like we are always changing. So like this concept that like people are going to stay the same or that they're going to be like, that is so silly. And it's, we have it's to, arrogant, we really. have to grow yeah. with our partners and like, um, we can't, hold on to an ideal that we had maybe at the beginning of the relationship or an ideal that we had even three quarters of the way, like we are constantly evolving. Oh, and, and we always say like, at some point, maybe our relationship will stop working for us. Yeah. And at that time we have to revisit that and go, well, there are other relationships that might, might work for us. And our relationship might have to transition into a different kind of relationship, more of a friendship. And that's like, I love the word transition because it doesn't mean end. It doesn't mean the end of me. Yeah. And we also can't really cheat on each other because we well, talk we talk about you, everything. You, you could, yeah. but we, we could, but that would be pretty rude when we are non-monogamous. <laughs> yeah. I did this to hurt you but it, yeah. but it is a thing that is worth mentioning that there are people who, who you may think would be well I think this person's maybe a non-monogamous person because they often cheat I'm yeah. not talking about anyone specifically but people in our lives <laughs> that were like oh they tend to kind of stray from monogamous relationships maybe they're polyamorous but in reality it just it's just the person is not really that honest and they don't want to be right yeah. fuck so that's, that's so just fair. kind yeah. of, yeah. So pushing them yeah. into polyamory, they might still be completely dishonest. So, and, yeah. and that's a thing too, that you have to be careful of because some people go into open relationships and they wow. do like a, do not like a don't ask, don't tell policy. Yes. And that yeah. be, you, and like we support it if it works for you, but like, I think leaves a lot more room for question, leaves a lot more room for the imagination, which is like, yeah. we, we all AKA know. Like, anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety. Which I'm just going to say, if you have anxiety, it's not fun. Um, <laughs> and but, so, but there is a, uh, a relationship oh she's not anything specific she's a um sorry they're a instagrammer named clementine morgan and they have complex ptsd and severe trauma Mm -hmm. and they're also polyamorous Mm -hmm. so they talk about in they have a zine that um i have a friend one of our friends um, yeah um suggested to me and i've been kind of like telling everyone about it because Um, On the last podcast, I hadn't read this yet. And now I have a completely different perspective. There's Mm. no um, information out there for people who suffer from anxiety, PTSD, trauma, who want to be also polyamorous or are are naturally feel themselves to be polyamorous. Which is Mm. difficult because like I'm reading, I'm reading a book on trauma right now. And like, we know that like, 
half the battle is the fact that trauma deal is often around relationships. Um, yeah, totally. People yeah. you're close with. And so sometimes people don't even feel comfortable being able to go to therapy to talk about their trauma because it has to do with people, right? Relating and to other so, people. Um, mm-hmm. So it can be a huge challenge. So like it, you have to be careful with like, really putting the work in, I think, um, and, and doing your readings and doing your, getting your education on this kind of stuff before mm-hmm. you just dive in. Because I mean, like we just kind of dived in with like, not, um, <laughs> thinking too much about it, but you know, we, we often talk about how I wish I was a bit more educated on the subject before yeah. we had started like anything in real life. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But the Cle- Clementine Morgan scene, um, for anyone listening who wants to read it, it's very enlightening when it comes to how to deal with this stuff. And they do a do, um, don't ask, don't tell policy. And they right. found yeah. out through experience that that's better for them right. because then they can just focus on what's there in front of them at that moment, rather than thinking mm-hmm. about them far, far away with someone else, right. which, which we all technically have to deal with in the first place. Like yeah. Tyler hangs out with his friends and I, like, I'll be on contract. Like, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, and I can't really think about him too much because I'm yeah. like, whatever he does when I'm not there really doesn't affect me. Like I yeah. don't, I don't take what he does outside of the relationship personally, unless he yeah. talks bad about me. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm. The You're idea, so right. the idea of sharing also kind of like I struggle with just the word sharing mm-hmm. implies mm. that you have, have something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, have ownership, yeah, sure. ownership over something yeah. in order for me to say, yeah, yeah you're oh, allowed. I'll let you. Yeah, yeah like that is <laughs> yeah. so weird. Yeah, the sharing, but, that's but like <laughs> definitely probably how people feel about it. And then mm. he, and he's, for me in my mind, I was like, oh, and that means that I only have a part of them, you know. Whereas yes. like yeah. some people are like, well, I am in this relationship with them, and like my goal is to be like that person that knows everything, and I'm like the like mm. like I have this whole person and they have all of me and sharing then makes people feel like oh well now I'm not getting like the full experience well, it's like that ex- exclusivity of like being the only person like I <laughs> can fall into such a trap when somebody looks at me and says you're the only person that I've ever said this to or like you're the only person like yeah, that whole know. like yeah only one <laughs> like <laughs> It feels nice because you want to feel special. Well, yeah, I think everybody wants to feel special. And I also think if you are a person who is like empathetic or like just really cares about making sure that other other people feel safe, Mm. getting that like sense of affirmation that you have made that other person feel so safe or like have extended a certain amount of like love and grace that that person then feels comfortable to like open themselves up to you either like completely or even more Mm -hmm. like I understand why that yep stuff is so um enticing but Mm -hmm. also like I guess that person then also being getting to a place where they can, you know, yes, maybe you're the first person I shared that to, but like not being the last is it's like, wow, that's great that you, that's great that you, um, were able to like, (laughs) no, just me come to the, I know (laughs) I'm like, no, it's only that makes you feel nice. I know it's it's worth saying that you both are Scorpios, which is like yeah. such a vibe when it comes yeah. to relationships. The whole like possession and secrets and like all of that shit. Like yeah. I fucking love it. But it's also like an illusion. It's not yeah. real. Because all we really yeah. want is just for people to love us and that we're just scared. Yeah, we're, like, we're, we're just Scorpios scared. and we also both have been abandoned by fathers. So that's like <laughs> go off. A recipe and we can hold both we can hold that like this is something that needs to be like given a lot of time and attention to in my relationship but also knowing like where we would like to be and not identifying so heavily with these like yeah traumas or these like ideas about ourselves because we can choose to be something different yeah Mm -hmm. and I guess like that's also a thing too like being in open relationships or like polyamorous or anything is not about having a lack of boundaries yeah it's just like knowing that your boundaries yeah it's about like knowing that your boundaries actually come from you is what I'm hearing and not like make someone else do what you want them to yeah or that like your boundaries are coming from like I saw this in a movie so I guess that's my boundary yeah and it's like no that's not yours (laughs) that your boundaries are being discussed period yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah. fact that like no one, some people go into relationships and especially like heterosexual relationships is just a script, right? Like, yeah, you know? totally. I wanted, to, I wanted to say while you were talking about um, like the idea of like control and security um, and in Esther Perel says that anxiety 
Um, it's very natural to feel natural for us to feel anxious because vulnerability is anxious. Mm. Um, and that we often try to control our control our environment environment to in order to dissolve our anxiety. But Bell Hooks in All About Love says that control is the opposite of love. Absolutely. So, oh, so what do you do with my. that? You so have many to be pe- anxious sometimes. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. It's yeah. okay to be so anxious and think- you don't have to force force it away or try to control your partner to yeah. alleviate your anxiety. It's not going to help it per se. No, because no. the anxiety is technically like you letting go, like you yeah. releasing something. Yeah. Life right? is yeah. hard and, and relationships Life is hard. Anxious. Yeah. We have to be a bit more at peace with that and, and yeah. just kind of respect the topsy-turvy quality of relationships and yeah. and the security might kill your relationship if you push it too hard and you try to drain everything out of this person that isn't focused on you yeah. and you're going to ruin and and kind of destroy your love you can yeah. and I, I think that's something that people need to hear more often too is that it's okay to say I don't know or that like, it's okay to be like, you know what? I'm not sure how this makes yeah. me feel. Um, this is intense. Like mm-hmm. yeah. these are a lot of emotions that are coming up and like, it's going to take me some time to figure this stuff out. Um, yeah. And and patience like is like number one. Yeah. Like, yeah. please, please, please everyone just be patient with their partners, like slow it down. Yeah. There's no rush. Yeah, no there's, there's no rush at be- all. And you never ever. want to rush a relationship because you don't want a relationship to be more than it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Good. These are the quotable good. episodes. <laughs> yeah, I don't want a relationship to be more than it's supposed to be. Gosh, oh. where were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was here, baby. We were talking. <laughs> now and not before. I'm sure that they did. I'm sure they did mention something. <laughs> Um, also, um, there's a word I just wanted to bring up that is the opposite of jealousy. Um, and it's it's a weird concept and it's a polyamory word again. It's called compersion. And it's a made up word like like humans do. We always like oh, to make up really? words. Do yeah. we make up words? It's all we do. <laughs> Wait, no, I thought there was like only one set of words that we were allowed to use. That humans made up one time <laughs> and we can only use those ones. The making up yes. is done. Yes. No more making up. Stop yeah. creativity now. Oh, oh my God. Um, but conversion is a word that specifically means um, feeling joy from your partner's joy or like mm. anyone's joy. And, mm. and that is the antithesis to jealousy. Jealousy is yep. feeling pain from your partner's joy. Mm. Um, and I am like the queen of compersion. Cause I'm like, anytime yeah, she's still good at I, well, I think it's just, I think I, no, no, no. I think that some people are just born, just born that way or have like, I totally. don't know, patterns that they grew up with yeah Yeah. predisposition or or grew up that way but you can reach an ideal of compersion even if you weren't naturally that way but Mm. it isn't per se the most important thing you have to have like there are people who who don't need compersion to have an open relationship Mm -hmm. you don't have to have it it doesn't have to make you happy if your partner is sleeping with someone else you don't have to be happy about it like as long as you're giving your partner the freedom to exp- to be themselves I yeah. think that's the important aspect but it's right? it's a good practice to have to like see your partner happy and to go wow I can't be that's mad nice. at him them for being happy that's yeah. kind of nice and I'm yeah. happy that they're happy and maybe that will bring me happiness one yeah. day but right now I'm just gonna say that's nice <laughs> yeah and I think it's important that like we normalize talking about crushes with our partners and like mm, and like yeah. you know because often it really easy like something that people suggest is an easy way in to like exercises with this is like discussing who your like celebrity crushes and like yeah. who if you could have a hall pass for a celebrity crush who would it be and like talking about these things and like and like um just getting into the concept that like we are humans and have attraction to all types of people yeah. mm-hmm. at all times yeah this is kind of a funny one. I'm like, I, I feel like probably we've touched on both of these, but um, what happens if you develop long-term romantic feelings for more than one person? What happens? Well, then you develop long-term you feelings for... <laughs> no. That's what happens. And yeah. what do you do? A lightning like, round I question. Mean, I think well, it's that, like that's... you just... Well, yeah, that's, everyone's that's different, on board. right? Polyamory is, is that. It's just quite literally specifically having multiple relationships yeah. at the same time lovingly yeah. open relationships probably already do you probably already that. do have that yeah, yeah. me and sierra talk something. about this all the time like i 
we call each other like my other partner. You know what I mean? Like we have long-term relationship goals, living goals, like traveling traveling goals, goals. how we want to like raise our children together. Like (laughs) there are this relationship and many of our other friendships as well that I know will like withstand the test of time because Mm -hmm. I so choose that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. It's like what we've dreamed for the fabric of like our lives and like what that looks like in order to have like an ideal but I think the key word here is romantic feelings which is hard to define like I think oh impossible yeah like the difference between sexual romantic platonic Mm -hmm. friendship relation like when we talk about a romantic partner that doesn't have to have sex you go I research love all day every day um it's what I'm obsessed with but I'm like what is romantic feelings Mm. Yeah. Right. What is that? I'm so confused. Oh, but, oh, yeah. oh, wait, wait, wait. I was, I just wanted to say one thing really, really quick. Okay. Okay. It's that when, um, I, I think the biggest fear is that what if someone develops, like to, to go back to this question, what if someone develops um, feelings for someone? The biggest fear is that what, um, like my partner's gonna leave me for that person yeah. um, because they're gonna like be more attached to that person mm-hmm. than me. And to, like them and to that, I say like, A, that's probably not gonna happen. Like if you already have like a developed relationship with someone, um, but, and be because both people are going in there with the knowledge that you are already in a relationship. So you're yep. bound to not let yourselves get too carried away. Um, but if, if you do, I always say this, like if Marissa were to ever find love elsewhere, who would I be to stop her from, from get finding that? Well, and why would I want to take her away from like being in love with someone else? Like if yeah. we were married and monogamous, even if she did, like she still has the ability to fall in love with someone in a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and people do that all the time. All the time. Yeah. 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 And so why, um, <laughs> I would not want to hold her back. I would, I would want, uh, if I was monogamous and married, I would want a divorce or separation. I would want you to be with the person who you want to be. Yeah, people are like very intensely serial monogamous. Like most people yeah, are totally. serial monogamous, right? So like we do end relationships all the time because we fall in love with someone else. But what polyamory is offering is that maybe you didn't fall out of love with your current partner, but felt that you had to leave that relationship because of this new one. And polyamory goes, you can maybe try to, do both. Do both of those things. Well, and I think people um, also think it's wild that like pe- we talk about the possible end of our relationship. Like people, people don't ever. You're talk just not about supposed to talk re- about that. No, no. you're never. Why would it's you? The D ev- word, right? Right. Be- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you said that, then it's like oh, what, you would want to leave me? Like, yeah. or, or like, or there's all these different things come into our head or like all these anxieties. Oh, but, we talk um, about it all the time. But we, I think normalize that. Normalize talking about what would happen if you did break up? What would yeah. happen if, or, or like, what would it take for you guys to um, yeah. want to separate? Yeah. That's important I think to know. so many yeah. people have- Those are the boundaries things. So here. then when you get yeah. there, you're like, oh, we talked about this. This is like, this is the thing I that we talked about. I knew what was going to happen. happen. If, <laughs> I knew if, this was a possibility. If this would happen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like such a, I've seen that fight written into like media so many times of like, if you're not like, if you're not going to marry, yeah. Like, or it's like, if you're not going to marry this person, then why are you dating them? Or like, if you're not going to be with this person forever, then why are we even doing this? Like if you're planning on married anymore anyways, I mean, I do (laughs) because I I do because I want like a wedding and a dress. So I I guess what I want is a wedding and not necessarily a marriage. But like, I'm like, like, yeah, marriage because I want to have a party, I guess. I want to party with all the people that I love. I want to be the center of attention and be beautiful. (laughs) I want to look so stunning for one And you will. You will. You will look ravishing. I saw this really funny meme that was literally like, boomers, no gay marriage. Millennials, yes, gay marriage. Gen Z, yes, gay, no marriage. Yeah, no marriage. Yes, gay, no marriage. (laughs) Yeah. What's the tea? Like, we're we're trying to, it's such a balance between, um, I know we have another friend who talks about this because she's um, dating someone who's in, um, sorry, she's dating someone who has like a very like straight friend group. And so there's a, a lot of different ideas coming from that end uh, in comparison to like our ideas. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. um, but, but it's the balance between um, doing things differently than your parents did completely. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. or doing things exactly how your parents are done. And yeah. I feel like this polyamory idea is so far removed from yeah. anything we've seen our ancestors do in our current, like in our closest uh, past. Yeah. And, and so it's a struggle to even imagine what that would look like and how our parents would accept us. Like I have a, t- a terrifying, I- I've never, I don't even want to tell my parents. Well, about- I- I've tried to talk to my mom about this and it's like hitting a brick wall. Like it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just yeah. simply no under under possible understanding of how this could work because um it's just literally like that far removed just so far well it's also like fear too like I as much as I try like as sometimes we're like oh my god the like freaking boomers they don't get it like they suck they just want us to like be unhappy like them but like (laughs) 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 maybe a sweeping generalization um I mean that they're all unhappy but just like I think I think, first of all, I think it's really hard to see people not have to give up the things that you forced yourself to give up because you thought yeah, that was the only way. So like time. that, I every time I, I, I really try and remind myself of that because I'm like, that's heartbreaking. Like you thought, you at the time where you existed, like that was absolutely the only way to survive. You didn't get to have the conversations that we had. You didn't get to be like, maybe I can dream about something else like you just had to completely strip yourself of those wants and needs and dreams because you're like well it's just not done and it's not even possible because nobody's even talking about it and seeing an entire generation of new people being like no I don't want to and then Mm -hmm. I mean obviously it's not that not even that easy for us either but the fact that we even get to like attempt to put these things into practice and like have conversations like this and go on the internet and see that there are actually lots of other people who think in the way that we do I can imagine that that is like so frustrating and so heartbreaking and makes you really angry like Mm -hmm. yeah because our generation has like an exponential knowledge curve like because well they started they started it like they there were parts of their generation that fought to have certain, you know, places and to yeah. get to a certain place in the like conversation. Post war cultures that, are, that they change so many things in yeah. regards to like communities' ideas around like war, which yeah. obviously like all of these like peace movements, which led into so much gay shit. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like, think about too that like post COVID, it's going to be a very similar landscape. Like, totally. Yeah. We are everything is being rattled and exposed. Like, yeah, and I can imagine that that's just really hard, and also that difficult. sense of just wanting to like protect your children from bad shit like what they their understanding of like having (laughs) a like non-traditional lifestyle (laughs) whatever whatever their understanding of like non-traditional is their understanding is that is that like your life will be nothing but like pain and suffering and hardship and being shunned and being targeted and ridiculed right and that is something that I think as a parent you'll probably want to shield your child from Mm -hmm. by any means necessary yeah Yeah. and I think that the way that they go about it is probably is very problematic and you know like shunning your child is not going to you just did the thing you were trying you just did the thing exactly so I mean it obviously gets like Mm. all mixed up in terms of like their own feelings and their own like the way that they respond to fear and lack of control and all of that stuff. But it is, mm-hmm. I just like imagine that being so scared that this is the only way to exist. And then your child stepping outside of that and being like, I don't even have a framework to like, yeah, I don't have a I way to keep you, you safe right? from this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I feel you, they, people still think of it as like a choice instead of just like going to where you're being pulled. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's like, yeah, I think that there's probably a lot of like frustration and fear and guilt that like clouds them from being able to even participate in the conversations exactly. that we're having. Yeah. yeah. Do you um, think um do you think some people because of their environment and them just having to do certain things because do you think it turns into like some kind of oh, what's it called when you fall in love with your captor? What's that called? Stockholm Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome? some people just like fall in love with their circumstances even though they aren't they are oppressive 
It's and where you think you, you are fall, safest. Yeah. Right. You've been, you've been told over and over and over again that this is the best place for you. This is the safest place for you. Yeah. Right. And if you leave, you're in danger. And I think that's a huge thing with, I mean, right? I'm not going to talk about Stockholm syndrome as if I'm an expert in any way. No, no, but no, no, like, no. I'm like, that's closest thing I could think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I really have no idea how any of that really works, but like from a very outside perspective, it's like, well, this is the person that has raised you. Oh, I was just going to say, touching on something that you said too, I think we just lead into, we lead ourselves into dangerous situations when we think that like these monogamous relationships like should work and that they, that they, you know what, like, well, if I just like give it some more time, I'm sure we can work through this and like, we'll make something happen. Or like you run into a lot of problems of people like staying in a relationship too long because they are trying to make something that yep. is never going to work, work. Yep. Yeah. And, and um, in Esther Pearl's book, another <laughs> Um, we love she, her. I know I, I'm absolutely so obsessed, but she lays out two different scenarios when she tells people that she's a love researcher, sex and desire, uh, eroticism researcher, and people have two different reactions to it. When she talks about how love um, or desire fades over time, um, there are two two differing perspectives. One is the romantics, and the romantics are like, yes, love fades, or they don't even say that specifically they they are like passion is the most important thing to me um the romantic people are like if passion fades from relationship i'm not going to stay in that relationship and i'm going to move on to another one that is more passionate um and Mm. that's and and there's also another word for it that in the polyamory community called new relationship energy and and it's very much that it's very much new relationship energy once it fades the relationship stops being exciting and you can get that somewhere else. And so um, you can either hop from relationship to relationship or understand that, um, that feeling and that hormonal response um, as a reality that's not going to stay there forever. Yeah. So, so, and then the realists are the other group of people opposite the romantics and the realists go, yes, passion fades over time, but that's okay because we have to sustain, sustain these secure relationships that will benefit us in the long run. So if we hop from relationship to relationship, that's dangerous and chaotic. So the realists are like, yeah, um, passion fades, but that's okay. Um, and so the thing that they both agree on is that passion fades. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's that. all we know. And yeah. the funny thing is that a lot of people are going to think that people that are polyamorous are the romantics and the people that are realists mm. are not, but but based on the It'd conversation the that we've had is the opposite, right? Because yeah. what I hear when before like having this conversation, it would have been like, well, yeah, if you're polyamorous, you're just like bounce, bounce, bounce. You just want to get that new relationship energy. You're just like constantly trying to experience new people. But what we talked about is that idea of community, um, creating those really healthy, secure relationships and having as many quality relationships as you can fulfill Mm -hmm. so that your community is as supportive as possible to have this, this life uh, be supported by all these people. That's, that's what I'm looking for. You know, like that's, that's what I think Marissa wants as well is these, like these deep connections with people through our lives that we, we don't have to like separate, um, friendship from relationships so much. Um, because ideally like I've now, because of this now started to look at all my friendships as like relationships in a way you know and so it it just kind of blurs the lines and makes you appreciate humanity on a a, and community on a grander scale and when it comes down to it sex is bonding right yeah and that's all it is that's all it really is it's it's a bonding mechanism and what are we going to use that bonding for is the question or maybe we're not going to use that bonding at all and that's another thing there are other forms of bonding too yeah (laughs) it's just it's just the thing that helps you i don't know feel comfortable and safe with someone and like and it's the the balance between separateness and closeness it's like and a lot of that has to do with like again just like shame around sex like Mm -hmm. I know we're going in circles here but like hey it's all connected connected. that's why that's like those connections yeah yeah. Tyler and Marissa both have Instagrams Um, they'll be on our they'll be on our page but like I would encourage everyone listening to this episode to just like go out there and bond I mean I guess now it's a little bit tricky but find the alternative ways, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and bond. I think I think the biggest question that people have is uh, next to jealousy is how do you have the time? 
Oh my gosh, right. that was the one question <laughs> that we didn't really get to. The, yeah, oh my gosh. I will read it. It went like this. I got How do you organize the time? Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. A spreadsheet, a monthly calendar, pad on the desk. <sighs> All sure. of the, all of the above, like yeah. anything you could think of, like, how yeah. do you manage the time with anything on, in your life? And right? maybe that's also a sign that if you can't manage the time, you're taking on too much and you don't yeah. have to do that. Like Absolutely. you said too, you're like, you don't have to be polyamorous or open relationships or non-monogamy exactly. or whatever do, do not have to be a lot. No. Yeah. And, and like, that's <laughs> another reason why people choose to be monogamous. It's not, it's not that they can't fall in love with another person, which like, it's totally a thing too, where I choose to be monogamous or I just naturally am because I don't feel romantic attraction to more than one person at a time. And that's a lot of people, yeah. but uh, I, th I think a lot of people are, I don't have the time like to invest in more than one person in this kind of way. Yeah. Right. And it takes, a, it takes a lot out of you to even be sexual, to even be intimate. And for, for those people, monogamy is a fantastic route for that yeah because mm -hmm. then you can just invest your time in that and then work and on top of that especially if you have kids like there's so many different yeah. aspects to human life yeah life but is exhausting it's exhausting <laughs> but there's that's not to say that there aren't people who um have the space to have multiple relationships and that's that's the difference and that being yeah. said also i think we're very privileged and lucky to have a lot of time on our hands um to think about this kind of stuff and yeah. not only that yeah. but we have an incredible support system of friends like you and lots of other people who provide um like skepticism mm -hmm. as well as like uh yeah. like they, they're not afraid to be real with us and like yeah. ask us the hard questions so i think that um, we're very lucky to have a space where we feel comfortable and safe to explore these things. Um, and that in that aspect too, like, I feel like I'm not burdening up Marissa with all of my emotional baggage by like, I, I have lots of other deep, meaningful, connected relationships that I can go to, which gives me then more freedom and time to act upon other relationships. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and there's just kind of like this idea of having and it's true, like in, in the polyamory groups, they're all, they're all kind of like, well, like sometimes it's more drama and sometimes people like handling that stuff. Like, yeah, mm. it could be more dramatic mm. to have multiple people have a bunch of needs you have to take care of. And but that's what, what, what makes us happy is caring for other people, tea. right. Yeah. And, and having, having people feeling useful, you, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we love you. So Thank much. you we for you being like so generous and open and all of that stuff as you always hey, are but it's time to to lead by example and lead with authenticity baby let's be real yeah. let's be real thank you for um not being scared of this conversation or not judging us mm -hmm. and being able to feel like confident enough in yourselves to even even talk about it because a lot of people aren't even yeah. comfortable talking about it and so. thank you everyone who's listening too to also take the time to think about this oh yeah and all yeah. we ask is that like this is the thing is when we talk about it with friends they always kind of tell us like i had a conversation with my partner tonight that i that our conversation sparked and like that's all we want is is that get talking this hopefully this podcast will reach people to the point where they will talk to their partner about something they wouldn't think that they'd ever talk about with them yeah and then yeah. they'll learn something brand new about each other hopefully mm -hmm. love it celebrating mm -hmm. okay bye, bye. okay bye, bye. <laughs> Hi, it's Carol and Seif, and you've reached the Chunky Coyote Hotline. Obviously, we can't come to the phone right now, but you can catch us on Instagram at Chunky Coyote Pod. But while you're here, like and subscribe to the podcast. Also, tell them about the review thing. Oh my gosh, Carol wants you to write a review. That'd be really nice. Okay, love, love you. you. Bye. Bye.